Welcome to Scholars and Sense. It's the podcast that takes a deep dive into the issues of the day. We do so with thoughtful conversation, and we rise above the noise and talking points. With the help of my colleagues, we get to the heart of the matter. I'm Bill Bennett, alongside my co-hosts, Conrad Black and Victor Davis Hanson. Conrad, Victor, let's jump in. Gentlemen, uh, Conrad, Victor, uh, where are we now? Uh, at the moment, uh, a couple things. One, this discussion about uh, not taking oil from Russia anymore and trying to suggest that everyone do that. I think they're two different questions. What do you guys think? Do you think this administration will eventually move toward cutting off the uh, Russian oil supply, at least to the United States? Then we can talk about other, other countries. Uh, well, it sounds like it, uh, but um, yeah, it sounds like it. It, like, it seems to me that the pressure on them, bipartisan pressure on them from public opinion is such that they will yield to it. But uh, I, I, I don't know. It seems there seems to be a kind of slow motion reaction in some of these things. I mean, we were very late really bringing serious help for the Ukrainians. And, and uh, I, you know, it's just embarrassing to see this sort of public slippage about about uh, persuading the poles to send them the migs and replacing the migs with american deployed aircraft for a temporary period and they just seem they just seem to be reacting slowly to a to a problem that's extremely urgent but what do you guys think i think they will sanction russian oil it's only about six to eight hundred thousand barrels and it will increase the price of gas so in a logical world if they had done what they should have done months ago, open Anwar back up, finish the Keystone Pipeline, have new uh, leases available on federal lands for fracking, and then especially told the frackers that they were not going to leverage lending agencies against them, but for them. There's about, they say there's eight or 900 wells that they, they could tap immediately. But I think it's, the problem is they're not going to do any of that because their captures they're captured by the uh, Green New Deal, AOC squad, Bernie Sanders, Liz Warren base. And the result is that in a very sick way, when you talk to these people, and I'm speaking now from Stanford at work, they like the idea that the price is going up. It's back to Stephen Chu. Remember him, the energy secretary, that he hoped that sure. American prices would get up to European sure. levels. So there's a split in the administration between a few old pragmatists who say, you know what, we're, we're going to get wiped out with 7 to 10% inflation and gas at $9 a gallon versus the other people. Well, this is what we want. This is what Obama wanted. This is what we want. We cut back on the oil. We put cut back on the gas. We cut back on the pipelines. The price is going up like we wanted. People will use less carbon emissions, and that's great. And we don't really care about Germany or Europe or Ukraine. I think that's what they're fighting about now. The public is getting really angry here, so it seems to me. And the right but, to get but, Yeah, it's kind of funny. Our, our, our younger son moved to California and uh, decided to buy a car. And this was, you know, four months ago, Victor. And he said, I just bought a little electric car. Joe is six foot six, played football at Princeton. He's just a huge guy. And his mother, my wife, sat in the car and said, I could barely move. I don't know how Joe could. He looks prescient now, I guess. Well, I just filled up. I just got to Stanford literally 20 minutes ago from my farm. And I uh, topped off my, my gas and it was 670 a gallon. 
and oh $6.70. And I noticed it as I went through the, the, on the, I took 101 this time just to see what it would be like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, on the gas stations to get gas and all of the Tony districts of uh, Palo Alto, there's Tesla's parked everywhere. But I was talking to a guy here and he said, Six to eight months back order, seventy to eighty thousand for the the compact small smallest version. So when Biden says everybody can get one of those, and then kilowatt hours in twenty six cents a cent uh, a kilowatt hour in California because of all these mandates and unbelievable. You yeah, get the impression that these people don't care. I mean, they do not. This is a very strange group of amoral moralists. Whether it's the the, the havoc on the border or what. These gas prices do to average people who have to commute. They don't care about bike. people who have to use gasoline, you know? Yeah, they don't care about people. Yeah, and at the summit of it all is, uh, I mean, I, I hate to be disrespectful of the holder of so great an office, but it is, is a person who doesn't seem to respond to anything. He's a, he's a kind no, of no, a, no. a marionette, and I, no one knows whose uh, hands are above with the strings connected to him. I, I, now, pl- yeah. place place this for me in this discussion. I was talking to an oil guy, a, a guy who, a strong Trump supporter, who said, you know, I, I love Trump. He was great for America, but no one's been better for me and my wallet than Joe Biden. He said, you know, I, when he came in, I was, oil was at 48 or something. Uh, what is it now? 120, something like that. <laughs> so I said, it's, you know, this this inability to drill and so on. He said, no, it's not an inability to drill. I said, it's the timing, right? Would take too long. I said, nope, that's not it either. Uh, and, and get into what you were talking about, Victor. Maybe this is just the, the exact same thing. In other words, he said, it's the ESG. Yeah. Uh, environmental, social, governmental. That is to get the lenders. You mentioned the lenders, Victor. Uh, and to get, uh, you know, to get approval, uh, you have to go through this governmental process, which is much more complicated than environmental impact statements. It's ESG, environment, social, whatever the hell that is, and, and governmental. Is, is, is that fit into the scheme? Yeah, you no, you're absolutely right. We have the okay. Bradley, at the Bradley Foundation, we've got a whole task force on these corporations that are, it's not so much the government is mandating, they are mandating it, and they're trying to exceed the guidelines from the government. So when they say social, they're talking about uh, basically racial and gender quotas on their board of directors, on their, yeah, yeah you're talking yeah. about uh, whether this investment hurts this particular group or that particular group, not whether it, it returns a high retail return for the, the stockholders. So, yeah, I don't think that, I, I think that Biden is, uh, he feels that this war has uh, made his, Polls creep up three or four points, up to 45, or maybe in the real clear power. I think it's 42 in the real clear politics average. But he feels that, you know what, we'll just go in, we won't buy Russian oil. That'll get people happy, and we're not going to pump any oil, and that'll make the price go up. And my base will kind of say, well, that's pretty good because people will eventually drive less. That's what we want. We want European prices for gas in America. And uh, that, that's their plan. All right. So that's what happens to us. What happens to Ukraine? How much does us uh, not taking their oil, Russian oil, make a difference? Germany, I just heard, Germany's will say no because they're entire, virtually entirely dependent on Russia at the moment. Well, in fairness to Germany, I, I, I want to make a serious comment about this. 
Well, when this new chancellor of theirs, Scholes, that nobody ever heard of before, and I didn't, I couldn't even remember what his name was, uh, stepped up to the podium in the Bundestag and said, uh, uh, we, we have had it wrong. We have been slackers. It should now become a matter of law that we are obliged to meet our NATO commitments, and we will start with a 100 billion euro rearmament program and effectively pass on a voice vote. It is the first time in the history of Germany since Bismarck united it that it actually since Bismarck was fired by William II in 1890, that Germany has exercised its role as the greatest power in Europe in a responsible way. And, and you know, they did suspend Nord Stream 2. And I, I think the Germans actually have done a better job of leading our alliance than anybody else has in the last couple of weeks. Well, we're definitely to the left of Germany. I never thought I'd say that. But uh, the, Green, the Green Party in the United States has more control over Joe Biden and foreign policy than the Green Party does in Germany at this moment. Well, exp- explain this to me then. What we say we may give up Russian oil, but the Germans won't. I think about an hour ago, some industry leaders told uh, Oleg Schultz that they're either going to have to reopen these nuclear power plants they closed down. Yeah. Or they're going to have to uh, buy Russian oil. But I'm not sure that's the, through the Nord Stream gas line. I'm not sure they're going to yeah, buy natural sure, gas, yeah. but I think that's, they're going to have to purchase. There's did, no other way. Didn't to do they it. close down about a dozen nuclear plants? Yeah, they I thought it was 20, maybe. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the, the EU has now declared both fracking and um, nuclear to be environmentally sound forms of, uh, you know, you fuel. Go. And, and so I, I mean, I, the fact is, whatever the agitations of the Green Movement, they preceded us in Europe to what's happened in North America, uh, the, the economic realities and the political realities attached to those, the disgruntlement of, of, of electors, uh, is, is playing a role there. So in that sense, the, the Germans can kind of catch a following wind uh, that is incidentally and fortuitously beneficial to what we're trying to do to help the Ukrainians. But we, right now, Conrad, we're down about 2 million barrels because of cuts. We could make up those 2 million barrels. Trump had, was correct when he said he could get from 13 million barrels to 15 if the price went up. But the price was so low because he were coming back out that they were not going to risk. And then, as Bill said, with his ESG banks, but we have the capability, at least, without having to do a lot of new things to get it up to 15 million barrels or 16 and that would pretty much make us self-sufficient and i know and i know we have to be cognizant of the world price but we, it would be far less expensive than it was here this if it continues we're going to have eight or nine percent inflation at the end of march and, and terrible economic inconvenience to tens of millions of people i mean i don't Absolutely. know the exact numbers and they're probably not exact anyway but tens of millions of americans spend a lot of time a lot of time using gasoline i mean you know drive around a lot how long is your drive victor 187 miles so it takes me three hours and 30 minutes you drive a truck yeah i drive a truck figured you're a farmer you drive a truck yeah (laughs) you got lettuce falling out the back no no. (laughs) never victor you only do that once a week don't you You don't do that 
No, I have an apartment here in Palo Alto where I am. Okay, but again, not my business. What what kind of truck, what kind of mileage do you get? Well, I I thought something was going to happen. So I had an old Toyota Tundra, a big V8 club cab, the whole thing. Sure. 2004, and it got six. uh, No, I got 13. So I I got a club cab ram right in the middle of COVID when nobody was buying, and it's a it's one of these new Econo diesel. It's not the Perkins yeah. diesel. Yeah. So it yeah. can get twenty six miles a gallon. That's good. Oh, you is that a four door truck? What's that? Is that a four door truck? Yeah, four door truck. Yeah, those Rams are good looking. Yeah, good looking. I, I really like truck. it. It's four wheel drive. It's a four four door, and it's got huge torque. I mean, it, it'll pull more than my old V eight. I, I pulled a boat up. Glad now. I asked. I think we should do the show from that truck one of these days. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Victor. So what? Do, what about the poor Ukrainians? That's it. That's it. I mean, that's it. That's all we can do. I no. mean, this this funny kind of. I mean, Conrad. I think of you as a as a Roosevelt expert. You know, this is the uh, the grand nephew, great grand nephew of Len Lease sort of thing that we're talking about now, or some of the yeah. things we're talking about. Go ahead. Well, I mean, Roosevelt, as you know, uh, extended territorial waters from three miles to one thousand eight hundred miles, and told the U.S. Navy to attack on detection any German or Italian ship. And uh, and on the other side, uh, basically, uh, supposedly in exchange for some bases that the U.S. didn't really need. It told the British and Canadians to take anything they wanted and pay for it when they could. And indeed, as a member of uh, the House of Lords, I was one of those who voted for the final repayment uh, uh, on at least 60 years after it was uh, adopted. Wow. And uh, uh, I, I, I don't think we've got anything like as imaginative or purposeful a leader now. But um, the, the NATO as a whole it, 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 has made Ukraine a much more formidable state militarily than was generally known and even known by the Russians, obviously. Uh, we've trained up, as I understand it, about 500,000 Ukrainians up to full um, condition as, as soldiers facing the task they're facing. I mean, they're fully trained and heavily armed. The, the country is awash with uh, anti-tank and anti-aircraft uh, devices and um and and there, there's a there's a pretty well-trained reserve of about another six hundred thousand. so it, it, this is a much more formidable uh, opponent than is generally recognized and that's i think why if you look at the map the russians really haven't in nearly two weeks got very far and and they've only got about one hundred and fifty thousand trigger pullers in country and you can't occupy anything bigger than Luxembourg with that size of force. So it, it, the actual facts on the ground are, are are not so unfavorable as is widely thought. And uh, and, and it, it seems to me we've got we've got three factors here. One is the outrageous fact of the Russians simply uh, invading a country that's been a sovereign country for 30 years. Now, except we must agree that the Russians have never accepted the independence of all the former republics of the USSR. And, and they, there is about, I think, 17 percent of Ukrainians who are Russian speaking, and many of them would probably rather be Russians than Ukrainians. So it is complicated. But the fact is, it is an invasion and, and a a premeditated, unjustified uh, act of war that, that, that is simply an outrage. Secondly, as far as I'm concerned, we've got the 
the, the fact that if the Russians do succeed or even appear to succeed, uh, chase out the real government and, and they are conducting an anti-guerrilla operation, it, it will be the defeat of democracy and another heavy blow to the West coming on top of the Afghanistan fiasco and the fact that we shut our economy down over the virus that the Chinese inflicted on us and, and uh, you know, the general spectacle of wokeness and open borders and so yeah, forth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, all of this stuff, you know. And, and the apparently impending surrender to Iran in these nuclear discussions, which is extremely worrisome, I think. But, Just one other point. As far as I see it, the great game is expanding the Western world. And then, you know, when I was born at the end of World War II, the you know, the Western world ended at the English Channel. And then we got to about 100 miles east of the Rhine, the East German border, then to the eastern border of the United Germany, then to the eastern border of Poland. We want to keep it moving. I so what's the current deal? NATO countries are going to use their equipment and we're going to replace it? Well, that's that's that's, a, that's a, that applies to about 70 aircraft, doesn't it? Yeah. And, and our aircraft are more expensive, so... And the idea is that the Poles would want to have uniform aircraft with NATO, and then the Ukrainians are are used to their Russian aircraft. But I think you can see what American, the Biden administration strategy is. It's to resist all calls of a no-fly zone. I can understand that, Russians nuclear, and then not to send them warthogs, maybe to be a little tentative on allowing them to use Russian aircraft. And then having it an Afghanistan meat grinder. In other words, they think that the Ukrainians, the difference is that I think both sides now know that the Russians are bogged down. I think there's 15,000 javelins and SAM uh, shoulder fire missiles that are pouring into the country. And you, you outlined that very well, Conrad. And the Russians are going to be bogged down. But then the Ukrainians are saying, well, they're going medieval on us, just like when it doesn't work like Georgia or Crimea, they go like they did in Aleppo or Grozny. And that's what they're doing to us. They're terrorizing our cities. And we can't really get at these artillery batteries or 25 30 miles away and the, the, the missile batteries and some of them are right on the border of Russia. So we need to do that. So we need your help. And then we're saying if we do that, make that next step, we're an active combatant against the nuclear power. And so we're not willing to do that because deep down inside, we think maybe in eight, nine, 10 weeks, the Ukrainians will destroy the Russian expeditionary force in Ukraine. I think they will. Now, look, behind it all, Russia has a smaller GDP than Canada. It can't carry on a serious war. I don't think they can, not indifferent. But I think the Ukrainians saying, yeah, we can do that. But once they started these Grozny tactics on us, we're going to lose twenty or 30,000 people in our cities if they keep trying to flatten them. So why don't you guys come in and declare a no-fly zone or hit the batteries or help us? And I don't think Biden's going to do that. I'm not so sure he should anyway. Well, you see, I, I agree with everything you said except for one thing. I think that uh, the, the, for once, and, 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 and it's a terrible time, but I, I, I celebrate with great jubilation the, the positive service being rendered by the media here. And I think actually they're reporting the war very well, all of them. And, and uh, when, when the public sees the Russians just smashing down apartment blocks and, and, and you know, 
piling dumb bombs, old World War II, 500-pound bombs, indiscriminately into residential areas. I, I, I think the outcry is going to be so great that Biden and, and, and the rest of his gong show are going to be pushed off the fence into doing something more. You, there, is a, there is a ground you can operate in without committing acts of war against the nuclear power. I mean, you can actually give the Ukrainians... Uh, much more sophisticated yes, can, well there's a few confusions i have help me out guys um who decides what's an act of war uh that is i mean well, it's just this- a direct exchange of fire between nato and russia i mean that, that that's I, I, I even i and i'm a bit of a hawk but even i would, would would try and avoid that but putin has redefined it he says if you yeah if you, from your country, yeah. if you send a Javelin missile, then you are now at war with me. If you send, make an exchange, yeah. you give an F-15 to Poland and they bring in a MiG-29, then you're at war with me. Well, we've got to face them down. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's going to be at war with everybody. He can't have a war with everybody. No. I mean, the fact is, he's overplaying his hand, and, and, and especially now that we have a remarkable response from NATO. I mean, virtually everybody is, is, is responding. Even the government we've got up here, we've got the biggest Ukrainian community in the world outside Russia and Ukraine in this country, and we're actually giving serious assistance. And and uh, I think almost all the NATO countries are cooperating here. And Russia can't fight all of NATO, and and he can vapor on as much as he wants by nuclear weapons. He's not going to use them if he's going to. Why not? Why not? Train- well, because because you're going to end up with millions of dead. I mean, the NATO has a much greater nuclear arsenal than he does. Uh, more accurate and updated, but in sheer numbers, they they have more so. than they, they have more than we do. Uh, more warheads, but I question that they have the deliverability. Yeah. Well, yes, yeah, but they have they have a missile defense that we do not have. No, I we gave it up. We gave it we up. Gave, we gave the Eastern European. Yeah, we, we gave up. The we have some. We have some on missile defense uh, in Alaska and stuff. NORAD. But you know, it's very funny, funny when I you mean, said they, that people they, are going to get outraged. They didn't get outraged about Afghanistan when they were doing the same thing, and they didn't get outraged uh, about Chechnya when they killed twenty thousand people. No, they're and, not outraged. And I think what you're trying to say, Conrad, is. The degree of Western public's outrage is calibrated on the proximity to the borders of Europe. So when and and and, and the the uh, the Balkans was sort of on and off relationship. You know, I mean, a- Afghanistan is a much more foreign place to, yes. to all of us in the West than, than Ukraine is. So is Chechnya. They're Islamic countries. Chechnya was inside Russia. I mean, yeah. it was okay. Can, let, me, let me interrupt. Can we come back? Uh, you mentioned, and I was, you know, frankly surprised. I guess I shouldn't have been, Victor, that his approval rating Biden's went up seven or eight points. Not that, this, I think it's went up four, or five, one point okay. around four. I think. Yeah. Is this the usual thing? War yes. overseas. President acts. Support the president. I think it's, it's two reflex. things, Bill. It's, it's a reflex. That's part of it. And then the other part of it is, if this war was not going on, what we would be talking about and everybody else was $6 a gallon gas in California, the border, inflation, 7.5%. So that's what we would be talking about. We're not talking about that. And so I think they, and it's not me saying that or you saying it or Conrad, that's what they are saying. If you read these uh, insider, the politicos, the advisor to the Biden They've said, move on from COVID. Don't talk about COVID anymore. Just say we dealt with it. It's over with. Don't talk about the border. Uh, talk about Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. 
and that's about all they have. But, but if but, they're going to talk about Ukraine, they've got to have a good story. I mean, if, if the Russians start pounding the hell out of the Kiev, uh, the Kiev and the other cities in that country, just gratuitously killing civilians, uh, you know, I, I don't think I'm being a kind of bourgeois sentimentalist. It will seriously no, 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 get opinion. You're, you're, what you're doing, Conrad, is saying that Jimmy Carter had a lot of support, but every single day that the hostages stayed there, his support finally started to go down because he looked weak and Americans weren't being treated well. So and he, he allowed the, the statement America held hostage. Yes. To take- if, they think right, that, so- if they think people are being killed, 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 and more and more, and they don't see that our administration's actions are doing more, then they'll want Biden to do more. But I don't know what he's going to do. He can do a lot more. All he has to do is sanction Russian oil and flood the world with oil. And uh, the price will drop and we won't. And he can get Europe. We can start sending stuff in six, six, eight weeks. But he's not going to he's not going to do that. Boy, that's the easy way. That's really an easy way. It's an attractive way. Nobody gets killed. I'm just commenting. It's so damn frigging obvious that that's what you do to avoid war, to end this thing, uh, and to do what's sensible. My gosh. Excuse they, don't, me. they don't care. That's why I meant they're amoral moralists. They always. No, but, but, but what I, about. But I want to come back because you guys are assuming, I thought, think contradicting what you said earlier, Victor. Do the American people care? I, I, don't, I haven't seen outrage or real distress. Yet, want, uh, uh, is, it, is it a matter of yet? Is it a matter of not? I think the children? Fox, yeah, the Fox poll yesterday said it was a very interesting poll. Uh, I think sixty-five percent said they wanted more American action, and then there was okay. another poll where they broke it down by income and those with a college degree, or uh, and then they had it by education and, and income. College degree, two hundred thousand. Everybody, 70%, and then no college degree under 40,000, 30%. So, so the more educated people were the more activist ones. And they're the less likely to have to go over there. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, what no one's talking about, absolutely nobody is talking about uh, boots on the ground over there, except, you know, Laura and Hannity and these people saying they don't want it. But no no one's asking. Hannity's different, in all fairness to him. He has become, he is a. He is a hyper hawk on this. Hey, look, I think Hannity and Mark Levin have become raving mental cases, publicly well, calling for the assassination of Putin. I mean, oh, it would be. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 no one was would. Lindsey Graham, right? Yeah, yeah, but uh, I mean, this is just bunk. I mean, we can't get into this kind of. It's crazy. Can we, can we come it's back? Insane. Can we come back to my? And then we can give it up if there's nothing there to my. I started with Len Lease, but forget Len Lease since <laughs> since I don't. Conrad took eight minutes to. Demolish my lend lease theory, but I it, ordered it. Right. no, 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 no. It's okay. It is just uh, about, no Roosevelt. That's all. But I mean, I, you know, Putin says he will regard whatever as an act of war. Well, so uh, do what? we? He so what? Uh, he wants. Well, that means so. So I guess if we put our names on the missile, uh, what is it we're planning to do now? Substitute. We're going to send them new missiles or new planes, and they're going to. Uh, Give up their old planes there in uh, in Poland and, and well, elsewhere. There, as I understand it, the the idea is the Poles and the, perhaps the Hungarians will contribute their planes to Ukraine, and then either the United States will replace. sell new American warplanes to replace them and train them to operate them, or at least 
while while those planes are in Ukraine, reposition American squadrons in those countries so that they're well protected. I think as long as we are providing hardware and and training to the Ukrainians, but not exchanging fire with the Russians, Putin can say what he wants, but he's not at war with us. We're not exchanging fire with him. And, and we just have to call his bluff at a certain point. I mean, next he's going to say, look, if you manufacture one more warplane in the United States. That's an act of war against us. But he, this is just bluster. These are not the noises of a confident man. He's only he, saying this because he's, he's getting hammered in Ukraine. Yeah, he, I don't think he's well either, but that's another question. But it, he's talking like this because he watched us in August in Afghanistan, and he, yeah. watched, and he watched Biden beg him to only hack... Uh, approved sites in the United States. And he saw Biden come over and beg him and the Saudis to pump oil. And and, and asked him to make the concessions to yeah. Iran. And this was and then the concessions to Iran. And this was on top of the whole, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, hot mic with Obama and the Hillary yeah, yeah. Reagan one and Bill Clinton's big on reset button. Yeah, he, he just sees years and years of appeasement. So he, he was convinced that they would not do anything. Yeah, yeah, see, that's where the Roosevelt comparison breaks down, Bill. I mean, Roosevelt pulled his ambassador yeah. from Berlin in 1938 after Kristallnacht. There was never an American ambassador again in Berlin or in Germany until 1949. Yeah. Not even Joe Kennedy visiting? No? <laughs> well, right. it was uh, Charles Lindbergh, yeah. Yeah, Charles Lind- with Charles Lindbergh. Okay, two things on the table. One, we can solve this problem uh, by uh, drill, baby, drill, right? Yeah. Sure. Right? Yeah. Okay, that, that solves it. Is Ukraine higher right now in uh, issues of worry or concern than, than gas prices and inflation? Does anybody uh, know? I, I don't think know. I don't think the whole gas, and it's very, the whole, we never had these kind of prices before. And it's only yeah. been about a week and a half and the inflation for March hasn't come, won't come out. It's like, they, I, I turned on the TV this morning at Fox business. They said the price of gas went up seven cents yesterday. Yeah. Holy smokes. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I have this, uh, old house that's 150 years old. First in California, you can't get labor unless you pay somebody who is on government assistance with COVID checks, $30 an hour in cash. That's Mm -hmm. unskilled labor. Mm -hmm. And then I was told by the roofer that has to be replaced and said, the good news is that lumber is no longer $96. And I said, oh, it went back to $8 a sheet, uh, plywood four by eights. And said, no, it's $53. So it's uh, seven times what it was before, but it's not 12 times. And that was considered good news. But you can't get anybody to work when you do. They all want cash off the books. I went to the bank and there's a sign there that says in the bank, mm-hmm. only custer, uh, people with, so, uh, with this type of account can take check uh, cash out. So wow. something is wrong with this economy. It's labor short. It's supply short. It's uh, he, it was but, almost if you told Biden, how would you destroy a very dynamic yeah. economy? Give me 10 ways to do it. And he, and he implemented all 10. Uh, the outrage over for Ukraine versus the what could be the building outrage about uh, gasoline prices and inflation, particularly if we cut off Russian oil. He's trying to connect them, and I don't think they were connected originally. It's the last oh, sure. call. Sure, but yeah. that's what the Biden administration kept. That's what Jen Psaki keeps saying. Well, there wouldn't be a rise in gas if it wasn't for Vladimir Putin. But of course, 
He just added the last 10 percent. It was going up sky high under Biden because of right. But once we do it, it'll be that they'll you know, they'll they'll yell it from the rooftops. Well, we cut ourselves off from Russian oil. Yeah, they will. Um, So uh, which which will get the public angrier the more the more. What do you remember? You remember the gas crisis in Iran? I think the gas finally got us angrier than the hostages. Okay. Okay. The uh, the hostages were not as serious an assault upon our sensibilities as the spectacle day after day of the Russians killing thousands of innocent people. Well, they were Americans and we were being. Uh, No, it was very annoying, but they 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 were uh, they weren't as far as we knew. And in fact, they weren't being abused physically. And it's not it's just. It, it, it's a different order of magnitude to see just this gratuitous murder of, of, of civilians in a in an illegal war. It is, but Americans, first of all, we don't know how many people have been killed. It's terrible the scenes on television, but what the Ukrainians are doing, I don't think they intend to do it, but when they give these interviews, they get accusatory of the West. And they say, you're not doing anything, America. Why don't you have a no-fly zone? And we say, well, wait a minute. You want us to go over the skies of your country and then risk a nuclear war against us for you when you knew this thing was going was starting in October and you were telling us that, that Putin wouldn't invade. And yeah. that's what Zelensky did. So maybe there's some shared culpability here. And as much as we deplore the fact that hundreds are being killed, and maybe there could be thousands, we don't know. We don't think we're going to put 330 million people in a nuclear risk to have a no fly right. zone. And we're willing right. to do other things. But, you know, there's some culpability there. Now, let me go back to the beginning of this, this show where you said, I think both of you said, the Ukrainians are going to win this. They're going to wear them down, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, I did. I think they will. Uh, ultimately, I think so, yeah. Uh, but, but I mean, I, I think what... How long is ultimately? Apparent Russian, as in Afghanistan, an apparent Russian occupation of the urban areas and chasing out the legitimate yeah. government. So they, they sort of look like they've won, but 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 they haven't really. And it goes I think on it'll be like... I think they can last for eight, seven or eight months. Oh, it, it, as long as we supply them, it, they, they yeah. basically got a million trained soldiers there. And, yeah. and there's no doubt they're, they're good fighters. I mean, their battlefield performance is very distinguished. What happens if he's nuts or evil or some combination of both? I don't care. Operationally, I don't know. That makes it much difference. He gets frustrated with the whole thing and decides to nuke it. <laughs> then what? I mean, uh, then what happens? What does NATO do? Uh, it it doesn't reply with nuclear weapons. I don't think. It, it, I don't uh, think so. No, I, I mean it's not an attack on NATO, so we don't have to reply to it with a nuclear weapon. But I, I, I guess you really organize a world opinion to to, to uh, you know do the best you can to completely barricade Russia, uh, unfortunately, into the embrace of China. Well, I was going to go there. Okay. What what are the lessons here for China? I think it'll encourage them. I think but, it depends on if he wins or loses. If he loses, okay. they're saying okay. to themselves, well, or maybe the West has hit on some type of financial strangulation that we hadn't counted on. Maybe the West will expel 350,000 Chinese students. Maybe the West will expel... Uh, a lot of our technicians that are that are over there. Maybe the West will airdrop in thousands of javelins and SAMs onto the island. Maybe 
they will sanction us, etc. And maybe the Taiwanese will fight like Ukrainians. I looked into it. And, you know, there's this this uh, uh, law in China that if you're a student in the United States, you are officially an agent of the state. I know. Uh, and you and you are to report. They do. And, too. These, the, and, <laughs> and, and these students report periodically what they're no, doing. We just fired a Stanford visiting neurologist, neuroscience professor who was not just a Chinese agent, but a Chinese member of the People's Liberation Army. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm yeah. surprised he wasn't elected head of the faculty. She <laughs> Bill, may I just make a comment on this Taiwan thing? That to to actually take Taiwan would require five hundred thousand soldiers, and yet they, you can't paratroop five hundred thousand soldiers. They'd have to come in slow moving craft across the Formosa Strait, three times as wide as the English Channel at Normandy. And it's not going to happen. I mean, they are sitting ducks. And to take a phrase from Mr. Churchill in October of 1940, we are awaiting the long promised invasion. And so are the fishes. I mean, you'll drown. Do you you think it's harder for 1.4 billion people to take 26 million than it is for 140 million to take 43 million right on Uh, the border? I, I, I think the military task is much greater. I mean, the, the fact of it being an island. Is, that helps. Yeah. No, but if, 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 they were, if there was a land connection, no, it would be a lot easier. But what I'm saying is that if, if it works and they, Russia can establish this irredentist principle that if you are a mother country and you have people who speak your language, and were formerly associated with you, then the mother country has a right to absorb them. And they do did absorb them right under the nose of NATO. And they got away with it no matter how many casualties. Then China yes. will do it. China will oh, do no, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, they, look, I agree. That's what the Russians are. We're back to Munich. It's like Sudetenland. Yeah, yeah. But if, if Russia can't do it. We couldn't go to war to prevent the Sudetenlanders from becoming German. But Is if Russia true can't that? do it, then I don't think China will do it. If Russia can't do it and the world stands up and really punishes them and they're bogged down and the Chinese will just say, ah, we'll pass on this for a while. Yeah, but look, as Taiwan is a much more distinguished country than Ukraine. I mean, Ukraine, as we all know, is very corrupt. It's a shambles. It's only been independent for 30 years. I mean, they're good fighters and they're putting on a good fight now. But I mean, Taiwan has been a howling success story. And and okay. there there yeah. is... There is, a, a, you know, the agreement that Mr. Nixon made in, in Shanghai, and, and uh, this would be a terrible violation of it. But why not just bomb the hell out of it, not, not waste 500,000 men? Bomb the hell out of Taiwan? Yeah, um, why not? But what, what does that accomplish for China? Um, subdues them. Same thing that, I guess, just trying to level Kiev does for Russia. Yeah. Yeah. Terrorism. Well, except even, even if, I mean, you just keep supplying Taiwan with, with, uh, you know, the best we can do in anti-missile and defenses and in warplanes. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know I, th- I think that could turn into a, a completely fruitless endeavor by the PRC that would bring, again, a, a, a so great a weight of opprobrium down on them that even they would be a little shaken. I, I, I'm not getting this opprobrium thing. I heard Biden do this. <laughs> no, no, I look- and, and, you know, and he said they don't want to be looked down. On. They don't give a rats. They would rather have, Conrad, if you ask Beijing, would you rather have a de- desolated, destroyed Taiwan or would you rather 
have Taiwan separate, but a desolated, completely charred Taiwan that was now part of the mainland, they would say they want the charred part of the mainland. Same thing thing with Russia. If you said you can get Ukraine back, but you're going to have to destroy it and flatten it, they would prefer that than to have it independent. I I agree with that, but I think that's a straw man. I think if you asked them if they wanted instead, if they wanted to exchange fire with Taiwan, Taiwan armed to the teeth by the Americans and actually uh, shooting up some of the some of the Chinese cities in exchange. I mean, would they, they don't want that. They got that nuclear be, missiles. No, 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 no. But I mean, the conventional bombing of Chinese cities by Taiwan. Well, not if they're, not I, if they're overwhelmed first. I think the only thing that's going to save Taiwan is when Australia and South Korea and Japan go nuclear. And maybe yeah. Well, did, didn't that didn't this effect take place in Japan all of a sudden? Yeah. Turn and act like NATO. Yeah, they did. did. I well, read that they did. They they discussed going nuclear in the in the diet not too long ago. Yeah. Remember, Donald yeah. Rumsfeld said to right when we were in Iraq. You remember when? Yeah, North Korea shot some missiles, and he went over there and reportedly said to the, to uh, the Chinese, "We had a deal after the Korean War that we would police our subordinates, and you allowed yours to go nuclear, and we didn't. So maybe we should just." Kind of sort of say, well, you know what? We really don't know what South Korea did. That somehow they went nuclear, just like you say with North Korea. Yeah, and they got they got they got some action out of that. They they did yeah, yeah. for a while. May I add a point? Uh, uh, the fact that we're about to surrender, in my opinion, in a absolutely shameful manner to the Iranians, it, it, I think is going to lead dozens of countries to go nuclear. I, I mean, the fact is, I think yeah. non is bunk. Let's face facts. The nuclear powers conducted a club and they virtuously lectured everybody else not to join the club, even though people's countries okay. in over the years. And but so now, now you're going to open the flood. You know, I don't want to just be a partisan, but when you start looking at all of the ripples of damage that came out of the whole Obama, Biden, Hillary Clinton years in power, you can see what they were. We had and the opposition of the left, if right now we had had a, a real Iran deal, that, I mean, and Trump didn't have to get out of it, but if that mindset was still there, we would be in much better shape. If we hadn't removed missile defense from Eastern Europe as part of uh, Obama's quick yeah. quo, give me some space, tell Vladimir to give me some space, and I'll be flexible on missile defense. And then if we hadn't given up on the Abrams Accord, we might have had five or six more Arab countries that are in alliance with Israel right now. But they destroyed all of that. Help me here. Our commitment to Taiwan legally is not as strong as our NATO commitment. As I understand that the the, uh, Chinese undertook not to reunify by force. The United States recognized there was ultimately only one China. Uh, But what the penalty is for violating it on either side has never been made clear. And if, if China invaded Taiwan, it is not clear that the United States has a mili- as, as a, a legal treaty obligation to do anything about it. But the, it, it becomes a question of the national interest of the U.S. Now, you know, with this administration, I think yeah. they could invade California and he wouldn't do anything about it. But uh, <laughs> the first good idea I've heard. OK, let's not be hasty. Let's not be late for California. Yeah. Uh, a couple, a couple other things. Um, just curious. These are these are kind of whimsical, but um, I was I was I was talking on one of the shows, and I commented, and I got a lot of mail. I said, "Has anybody commented? Has have any of our 
feminist groups commented on the this women and children first thing? I was wondering about that, and because you know what, Ukraine is sort of an existential. You take the scab of civilization, and that's reality. And I'm thought, look at all these pieties in the American system about equality, yeah. and yet the women are going before the men. And then I thought, and they want everybody. Everybody in the left wants a Ukrainian with an AK. 47. Do they want a nation in arms? Do they want us to all have arms and have our own automatic weapons to be like right. the Swiss or the Swedes? They, right. they, lo- they love an armed citizenry, apparently. Well, I, I will say this. Every every female member of parliament I've watched has had a Kalashnikov or an AK or something on their the, lap. The left, the left likes it. They left like yeah. uh, But, but I, have you heard any howls about this? About no. stereotyping? There was today, there was a night of the some guy, some Ukrainian guy, poor bastard, uh, living in another time, got on a train with all these women and children until they yelled him off. Get off the damn train and go back and fight like a man. Well, Bill, don't you think if something happened to us, we would do the same thing? We would have women and children first, and the, the most staunch feminists would be happy with that? Oh, yeah, they, they, they'd swallow their objections, I think, as they waved us goodbye. All right, we'll leave it there. Thank you. We'll fight on. Okay, bye. That does it for today's show. Want to join the discussion? Email this show at scholarsandsensepodcast at gmail.com. Share the show with your family and friends. Subscribe, rate, review. For Conrad Black and Victor Davis Hanson, I am Bill Bennett, and we'll talk again soon.